It's the Breakcast, Breakcast, the PopBreak.com. Breakcast, Breakcast, listen to the show, because you're in for the PopBreak.com. Breakcast, Breakcast, oh Hello there, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and films. And this month, we are uh, maybe not going for one of your favorites. It's a bit of a deep cut compared to some of the other movies we talked about the last few months. Um, but we're going to be talking about Fly Away Home, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary after coming out in September of 1996. So before we get into that, I want to introduce myself once again as your host, Josh Hornecki, and I am joined as usual by my brother and co-host, Aaron. Aaron, say hi to everyone. Hey. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, Aaron, not that we need to justify the movies we pick, but... uh, I mean, the movies that I pick, basically. Yeah. If anybody needs Uh, to justify anything, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Justify yourself. No, um, I. But I, I admit that coming into this, when, you, when you told me this was our film, uh, and you, you don't tell me too far in advance about what we're watching or um, talking about when it comes to the films, I was surprised because I this was a film I remember us seeing as kids, but one that I am ninety nine percent sure we never watched again, and that I felt no one would know what we were talking about. So, uh, Aaron, why did you decide to add this one to our rotation? Uh, basically, it was like the only movie in September. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> that's the only reason. Yeah, yeah. Because it, and is September typically such a, a slow month for um, films? I think sometimes you can get the early, you know, maybe this movie will win an award if we put it out in September, sometimes you get those kind of movies, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Fall is not really known for, I mean, if you think of the big movie seasons in terms of like, just like the general fair, um, you know, pretty much April to like August is like, these are the movies that everybody wants to see. And then maybe like November and December, like the big, like Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving kind of movies. So yeah, I, right. I, I'm not the expert in terms of like, you know, what comes out when, but I do think that like September is a little bit slower. Right. And I, I suppose that makes sense knowing that, you know, September is um, the time when most kids are back in school. So um, you know, you're definitely cutting in on a lot of uh, matinee viewings or, um, you know, potential just weeknight viewings. So, you know, there's not going to be necessarily as many blockbusters or really big draws. So, yeah, it it was just surprising looking. I think through. September, honestly, September, and October, like if you're going to get anything, there's probably be a lot of horror movies just in anticipation of uh halloween but other Mm. than that 
Yeah, which makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I know I I looked through the rest of the uh, September's over the last uh, years by counts of five, and there was nothing. Yeah, it was it was pretty bleak. Uh, so, but no, we're we're talking about this, and uh, I am actually really glad we decided to come back to this one because while this is not probably the most well-known movie we've talked about, I feel like there is definitely some worth, uh, some stuff worth talking about from it. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure eventually we'll have a, a movie from September. Uh, that's big. I mean, once, uh, Shang-Chi hits its, its 10th anniversary, maybe, maybe we can go back to that. Did that actually come out in September? Was that August? It was September, right? I thought it was September. I know it was like the biggest uh, Labor Day opening. The only other like big September movie I can think of is uh, It and It Chapter Two were both September. So uh, yes, okay, yeah. So uh, Shang Chi came out uh, on September third. So and yeah, yeah. Like the only other movie that I think came out in September that like was huge, I think, was Goodfellas. But this is that's a very different movie from this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I mean, that, that goes to show you how September is not really known for having the, the really big money makers in the, the box office so that, I mean, Shang-Chi is, is running away with it um, and is, you know, definitely going to win the month easily. Mm-hmm. And this is just a month that does not see that and Fly Away Home fits into that category of movies that, um, you know, didn't necessarily fit the mold for a summer blockbuster, but it very, it very much has a fall feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like arguably they could have tried to like push it back to, um, like award season, but, uh, I mean, I don't think this was meant to be an awards movie. Well, mostly, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. But before we go into anything else, uh, Aaron, let's go into the plot of it. Assuming that. Some, if not most, of our listeners have no idea what we're talking about with this movie. Um, so, Aaron, please uh, tell us what Fly Away Home is all about. Okay, so Fly Away Home um, is about um, a girl uh, and her uh, father, who she has not seen for years, um, who she uh, is now living with after the death of her mother. Um, they live in Canada, and there is a uh, a bunch of sort of deforestation going on around them. She finds a a nest of uh, goose eggs, uh, which she raises. Um, and the basically the plot is that they're trying to get as the the geese mature into adulthood. They're trying to get them to migrate uh, south. Um, her father is sort of a uh, he he's not like a, a a bona fide pilot, but he he has some piloting experience. So like, uh, they build like their own aircraft, and it's all about them trying to get the geese to follow them down uh, to the you know southern United States, so that they can you know follow their migratory pattern. And uh, it's sort it's I don't know if I would consider it a coming of age story, but like it is. It is very much like a, you know, like the trials and tribulations of childhood kind of story. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is 
a good way of looking at it. I mean, other than it being about childhood, I, I think it's also, you know, that's, um, that like finding family story, um, or, um, you know, strat- uh, tragedy striking and, and someone having to, um, learn how to cope with it and, and draw connection with other people again is a, is another big uh, theme in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that the, the movie really starts with the death of, um, Amy's mother, because that is like, it's almost a shocking way to start the movie. It's like, okay, we just have this mother and daughter driving the rain and they get immediately into an accident. Oh yeah. I was like, wait, this happened in this movie. I I mean, I guess we're talking a little bit about like, I remember like maybe like 2% of this movie going into it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't remember that. I will say though, as soon as I saw them driving in the rain, I immediately got uh, flashbacks to Dr. Strange. It's like, okay, this is not going to end well. (laughs) I've, I've seen what happens when people, drive at night and it's raining in movies does it does never end well. <laughs> right uh so uh, it was a uh, you know it didn't end up with with amy becoming source of supreme and uh becoming the master of mystic arts but uh it does end up with her flying technically sort of um so it was a uh, yeah a really dark way to open a family movie that i didn't remember either um aaron you, you just said that you only remember like two percent of this movie from watching it the first time when we were four. Um, do you remember what you thought of it though? When we first saw it? Uh, I think I kind of just remember being like, okay, that was a movie we saw and didn't make like any impression whatsoever. <laughs> um, I, 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 I know maybe I felt like at the time it was sort of like a movie that we were dragged to just like, okay, family movie night. Let's go see fly away home. Like, I don't think we expressed any interest in seeing it. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. This is a movie that I don't remember any trailers for. I don't remember any commercials for, I don't remember like seeing it on any uh, VHS for like coming attractions or coming previews. Like this was, yeah, just a movie that we happened to see, I guess, because I do, I still our- have a sort of nostalgicness just for the idea of like, this was still like one of the first movie, like this within the first year of us seeing movies in theaters. Like this was one of the very first. So like, Mm-hmm. In, in that way it's sort of like kind of special but like not yeah. in because of the movie itself right but i mean when when you think of the other movies that we have talked about as being some of the first we saw in theaters um you know you, you, we have toy story being like the big one but th- there are some like films that we we really look back on fondly and um w- would watch over and over again uh this is not one of those <laughs> No, totally not. Not to say that we don't like this movie, but um, like I said, it wasn't one that really made a lasting impression on us, that we weren't rushing out to get the, the VHS, and uh, you know, we weren't going out to uh, corral the geese in the backyard and, and try to get them to fly with us. Uh, that probably wouldn't end very well. Right. So maybe a good thing we didn't do that. 
Uh, I doubt there was any toys made for this movie, so uh, it's not like we could buy any toys for it. Uh-huh. So it, uh, no, it was a movie we saw, and I guess we liked enough, but not enough that we ever sought it out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's one that I at least remembered knowing of. Like when you when you said we were going to watch this, I did remember that this was a movie. So that's that's something. Even though I totally, I I knew it was about geese and migration, but I messed up the plot when I was trying to explain it to mm-hmm. to my wife. So uh, maybe my memory of it was also a little distorted Mm -hmm. but anyway so it's been 25 years since we first saw this movie uh so that's that's perhaps the longest amount of time between viewings we've ever done for this podcast uh so aaron 25 years after first seeing it what did you think of it in your rewatch uh, it's fine. I, I don't, I wasn't particularly captivated by most of it. Um, my, my sort of thoughts on it is like, it is like supposed to be like a family movie, but like, it sort of like feels like the movie equivalent of like a summer reading book. Like, <laughs> like you're sort of like, this is what adults thinks that like kids should be watching. Like this is a good, you know, family book or movie like, but like it doesn't really have the sort of elements that like a kid would really gravitate towards. Like kids want to see like things that have like bright colors, you know, they want to see things with like the minions and despicable me or, you know, you know, the reason why something like toy story or, you know, the hunchback of Notre Dame, like, made more of impression is like like i said they're more bright and colorful have a lot of music like this is like doesn't really strike me as like something especially a four-year-old would want to really watch um i i so like i feel like this is like i guess a decent it's a decent movie decent family movie but like uh i know i don't have very strong feelings about it okay I, I like your comparison of it to a, like a summer reading book. It, it it does have that sort of that feeling to it of, okay, now that you've read slash watched this, here are some discussion questions. Like, what did you learn about? Why were the geese following Amy around? It's like, oh, because of imprinting. Like, it, it definitely <laughs> has that, that, that not like didactic mm-hmm. element to it, but like the sense of like, you're, you're supposed to be, learning something sort of but it's also supposed to be heartwarming and... right yeah i just I, I imagine like i mean for me it didn't seem to make it but it just seems like uh even though it is sort of like for kids it kind of just seems like a, a a movie that adults would appreciate more elements of like particularly like the cinematography and like the effects like the kids just aren't gonna care as much about that um and like it's it's not the kind of movie that you could put on and like your kids will just stop everything they're doing and just watch. Like, um, like I, I would imagine if you put this on like for your kid now, like this, like they're, they're probably gonna get bored, but I don't know. What, what do you, what, what are your, what is your opinion? Uh, I mean, I, I, I 
to a degree agree with um, what you say and, and had somewhat similar feelings. But I, I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I found it um, like more emotionally satisfying than I was expecting it to be. Um, and I mean, it, it definitely falls into um, some tropes or some patterns that you see a lot of. Um, so more than like summer reading, this made me think of the, the, like the, the countless movies that exist about like a human connecting with an animal. Uh, so there's, you know, the stereotypical horse girl movies, but thinking now, like it, this, this kind of fits into the same mold as like, uh, I don't know, like a dog's purpose or whatever, like those like dog and dolphin and you know, uh-huh, all those right. animal movies that have right. come out. Um, like, I, I don't know. I, I might be wrong. Uh, I think that the, this director also directed the black stallion. Uh, yes. Yes. So, yeah, I was, which I think about is about that. a boy and a horse, but you know, simple. yes. Yeah. Uh, Carol Ballard. Uh, he also, um, directed black stallion in 79. So technically not horse girl, but still horse child movie. Uh-huh. Um, and it, and it it feels like that. You know, it, it is primarily the story of um, a child learning to come and, and cope with a tragedy, tragedy um, through an interaction with animals and through that interaction, building connection with the new family that she has obtained. Um, and even though it is you know, pretty standard fare. Like, I don't know, it, it works for me. And I think part of that is the performances, I think, are, are very earnest. Um, I think the fact that it's about geese is very <laughs> uh, unique. I, I can't say, uh, I, I can think of any other movie where geese are like predominant characters. Right. Um, I think actually the fact that it has geese, especially since like, I think especially as you get older, geese are sort of kind of viewed as like a nuisance, like kind of animal. Like I remember I was walking the dogs and there was just a bunch of goose poop everywhere. I was just like, yeah. geez, these geese or like uh, now there's things in the neighborhood where there's these like little figurines or not like stand-ins are supposed to scare the geese. So it's just like geese are viewed as sort of like a nuisance, but like this movie is sort of like, no geese have personalities and stuff like that. Right. Like this movie says, okay, we're going to make you care about these geese. But yeah, no, most of us uh, definitely have a, a habit of viewing geese as these animals that are, noisy that are uh the prone to your car <laughs> yeah like they're messy they're, they might try to bite you if you get too close to them like, yeah like not friendly animals uh but but this movie for me it, it did a really good job of making me care about them um just showing you know their um like their own story arc and i don't know it also, just I w- I'm a sucker for cute animals, and like seeing the little uh, goslings running around was super cute. I thought, yeah, that was that was very cute. So, so I I actually like this movie more than I was expecting, mm-hmm. um, but I I definitely think it is 
not surprising that we never went back to it or uh-huh. that it's, you know, it, it's not a huge, um, like a, a huge movie to remember. You know, it, it only got uh, $36.5 million in the box office. Right, but of course you have to, that's more money back then than it is now. I mean, you, I don't know. That's like twice, you know, the amount, you know, for inflation. So right, right. Um, yeah. So I'd have to to go look this. So it did it did decent. It was nominated for an Academy Award for cinematography. Uh-huh. Um, it didn't win, but um, you know, it it was uh, ninety six. I probably lost to Fargo or something. But anyway, um, but no, it was you know, it's a it's a family movie with animals, and you know, if if you are into that. You know, I think this will work. I mean, yeah, um, definitely. Like, I, I, it is like you know when we talked about family movies, animals. I, you know, I we both really enjoyed Babe. Um, I enjoyed watching the cartoon of Charlotte's Web when we were kids. So that's not certainly like I don't have an aversion to this. You know, genre. It's just this particular movie is not something that hits me. I mean, I. I, I will say I, I, I did I, I did feel something, you know, especially during, you know, certain parts of it. OK, yeah, I, I don't know. I got choked up at the ending and I, I couldn't exactly tell you why. Yeah. Uh, but it it I know that comparison is is fair to babe that it, it is. It has animals like babe, but it's it's a very different movie. Yeah. Uh, right. The, the geese never just like. You know, start talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would have made a very different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but so w- one of the, I guess, most noteworthy things about this movie, though, is its cast. Um, so it doesn't have too many big names in it, but it does have uh, Anna Paquin. Pac- yeah. Anna, yeah. Anna Paquin plays Amy, who is the the thirteen year old girl who who raises the geese. Uh huh. Um, and so people will uh, potentially remember her from the X-Men series. Uh, right. She played Rogue. Um, she's also, I found out, the second youngest uh, actress to win supporting actress from the Oscars um, for her work in the piano. Yeah, I, I, I knew a little about that. So I. Uh... Yeah. So, I mean, with with that, I mean, she. Came I, I, to I'm trying to think her. like. Uh... Oh wait, supporting actress. I'm just trying to think because I think Patty Duke won for the Miracle Worker, but uh, she might have won for. I think that was lead actress. Anyway, yeah, uh, the person who the youngest one who's ever won for support actress um, was someone from Paper Moon. Oh yeah, I think I, I read a little about that. But uh, yeah, uh, Tatum O'Neill. Yeah, I like I said, I I've, I'm a little familiar with that, but I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, so um, I mean that that being said, I mean said, that's a, so... that's really impressive. I mean, at eleven to win an Academy Award, I mean, at eleven, I was you know like we were talking about, I was just like not doing much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing playing Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> no, it 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 is. Remarkable that she won at such a young age, and so she did come into this movie with some notoriety. Um, you know, and I I can't remember if they really sold this movie on that. Um, but you know, she got 
you know, it looks like she got top billing alongside the other um, big name in this movie, which is Jeff Daniels, who uh-huh. plays her father in this movie, Thomas Alden. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, I don't think I've seen quite as many Jeff Daniels movies or um, works as you have. Um, I haven't seen that many, but I've seen more okay. than you have. Okay. Um, but I, I will say, even knowing where his career has gone, it strikes me as odd seeing him in this movie. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I didn't know until I think, you know, a year or so ago that he was the dad in this movie. Like I just was unaware. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's so weird for me because uh, until, um, I guess the last maybe 10 years or so, um, I have known him primarily as a comedic actor, even though like he's had like a fairly um... right. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber is basically like, and when I talked to Bill about Dumb Dumb and Dumber, uh, uh, I guess it was a couple years ago now. Uh, that movie was really like the outlier in his career. He's probably always been primarily a, a you know a dramatic actor. Yeah, which is weird because. Even though that's the case, I've known him as, like, that's what I know him most from, yeah, is, is from yeah. Dumb and Dumber. Um, but yeah, looking at his filmography. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, also, it, he was also in Speed, which is not really a dramatic movie, but it's definitely not. <laughs> it's not Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. So so maybe it doesn't stand out from his filmography if you look at it as a whole. But when you look at what he was doing at that time... Um, like looking at the movies he he had made in that um in that time period so he had made he was in dumb and dumber in 1994 um and then in 1996 he was in flyway home and 101 dalmatians he was so, in 100 i don't even know that so that's another movie we've seen with him <laughs> okay yeah yeah he played um he was one of the henchmen no he played uh the the dog owner oh okay i didn't even yeah. know that um, I knew that he was in my favorite Martian. The you know the the movie was Christopher Lloyd that I think was based off the the old TV show. Okay, so uh, then he was in a few other movies that I've never heard of. Two Days in the Valley. Uh-huh. I don't know that one. So, um, but no, he he's had a weird career. Like maybe not weird career, but he's he's been able to jump between genres, which is pretty impressive. But for me, it just seemed very strange. Uh-huh, right. Um, so, I mean, those are the, the biggest names in there. Like, what do you think of uh, Jeff Daniels and uh, Anna Paquin in this movie? Oh, I think they're, they're pretty good. Um, I think that uh, Anna Paquin, I mean, certainly is able to, like, convey, you know, the right emotions. I mean, she doesn't have any... I don't think she has any like really big like emotional like oh these are awards you know kind of scene but like she's able to convey all the emotions I think uh, I like the relationship with her and Jeff Daniels um, I think this was all just kind of cute that like there is like this weird disconnect because she has her like New Zealand accent and he's like Canadian so <laughs> they, they they see they 
like they literally feel like from different worlds yeah and the the movie does a good job of of playing that up um like this this sense of like they don't really know each other um like so after um the character amy wakes up in the hospital after the car crash and she sees her dad there she's like where's mom like yeah. she's like that's her like her first question like why the heck is her dad there right um and then when they go to his home it's like he's clearly not prepared for for raising a child like his right. like home is like basically become this like crazy Work, adventurous workshop. workshop yeah yeah he, he's like a more extreme version of stew from rugrats <laughs> sort of but i i think that they they do a an interesting thing with with Jeff Daniels' character of Thomas in that he doesn't he could definitely have been uh, presented as like this eccentric inventor who's this oddball and just doesn't understand people and that's not necessarily what they go for like he does uh-huh. have some um, some oddities to him right. but overall he's a you know just a person who's really uh uh-huh. I don't know, like centered in his work. Right. Um, I, I was expecting him to be a lot more curmudgeon I guess, when I go into this. It's like, yeah, it like, it's like, yeah, fly away home. Isn't that like half the movie, like Jeff Daniels is just like hurling insults at these geese and shouting at them? <laughs> and or, or like I expected him to be like an alcoholic or something. And that like none of that was really in the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's more just about him like being so consumed with his projects, which eventually um, allows him to connect with, with Amy mm-hmm. uh, when, when she discovers the, the goose or the geese eggs. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's like, it's the, so like much... the, the, the thing that probably came the closest to what I expected was him probably when he was running out in his underwear, yelling at the people who were bulldozing the, it's like, okay, this is sort of what I expected from, from what I remembered but like yeah but like other than that i was like he's a lot more like level-headed than i expected (laughs) right that that is probably the most notable exception of when he is the most uh outlandish but for for the most part he's just he's not like uh like a wacky person he's not a a bad father he's like someone who doesn't know his child and doesn't know how to raise a kid right um and he's and he says that at some point talking to um his friend Susan played by uh, Dana Delaney. And they're like, like, I've tried being nice. I've tried being strict. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I think that Jeff Daniels plays that well, that, that sense of he's not a bad guy. He just is in over his head um, and that he finds passion in his work. And that's how he's going to find a way to connect with his daughter. Um, and yeah. And I think, I mean, Anna Paquin, like, I know, did you, did you like her in, in the X-Men movies? I mean, that's what I know her primarily uh, from. It is sort of weird because like also in that movie, those movies, she has like a Southern accent. So it's like, at first I was like, wait, does she, what accent does she have in real life? Like, And like, I watched an interview now and she said like, apparently like she's from New Zealand. So she's actually like, I think they based this role off of her sort of like she's from new zealand but like also canadian she doesn't really have an accent now but she said like 
at the time they sort of wrote it so like it it made sense uh, she's fine in those movies they kind of didn't know what to do with her outside of the first movie uh, yeah um i i know that for most people who probably are a fan of her or probably more a fan for her run on true blood mm. okay i forgot she was in that yeah that was that was like her big thing like her big claim to fame outside of i think uh being in the piano yeah yeah i yeah having not seen true blood i i didn't know her from the x-men and yeah i know her arc in the first film is is memorable but after that i i don't know they kind of lost track of her it was um, just too much wolverine but this isn't yeah. a wolverine podcast <laughs> or is it um but no I, and i think she's really good in this um i mean we we haven't talked too many too much about uh child actors on these podcasts but uh i think she definitely is one of the the better ones that i've seen um so i mean having not seen i mean yes yeah, so, you why. know definitely when child actors have a certain reputation she's very much i mean like i said there's there's no scenes that like oh i can see why she won an oscar because I, I haven't seen that movie but like i can see well like yeah it's like at 13 she is talented yeah no she she was super talented and also i mean one she has to play off of of jeff daniels and um, showed this this very complicated relationship of someone who wants to be left alone but clearly wants help and clearly needs some sort of connection and just that that push and pull is is really present there um, and on top of that she had the the difficult task of having to act with animals for most of the movie oh uh, yeah I mean that could be I don't know, like, the intelligence of geese. I don't imagine it's that big, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how much you can direct a geese compared to, like, a dog. Right. Um, but no, like, given Right, yeah, that, that dog and the artist was smart, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if uh, these geese were ever up for Oscar consideration like that dog was. <laughs> um, but no, like that i i can't imagine that was was easy at any point to uh one to to get those geese to cooperate during filming right but then also to have her interact with them in an emotionally resonating way mm-hmm. so um and not no, get I, bit and not get, <laughs> well maybe behind the scenes got a bit a lot yeah um and there's definitely a lot of uh poop at yeah. some points. <laughs> um but no, I no, I I was impressed with her performance. Uh, I will say w- one issue I had with their dynamic, um, and just in one scene, uh, is there's this very weird unnecessary scene. I feel like in the middle of the movie, when um, Amy is like she's locked herself in the bathroom like and to protect the geese and like refuses to leave, and then she's. Um, she's showering and accidentally gets uh, like shampoo or, or something in her eyes and starts screaming. And then there's this comedy bit of Jeff Daniels character running into the bathroom to come and help her, but then realizing that she's not clothed. And so them being embarrassed and her screaming more. And it seemed like a very odd beat 
and one that just just came out of nowhere and just was very uncomfortable i felt yeah it, it is feels like something more from like a like that's kind of the thing yeah i did find that scene kind of odd also um uh like it kind of reminds me like of a movie that like that's more of a scene you would find it in like seeing trailers to like was it like the proposal with ryan reynolds and sandra bullock where like she just comes out of the shower she's in a towel and he's like they like slide into one another so it's like okay well that's that's a like a scene that belongs in a movie like that but like this right. scene doesn't really belong in a movie like this right it's it's more of like a romantic comedy beat um sort of like in in elf um when uh right right which was done very tastefully yeah whereas this is i mean it's it's just it's just really awkward and uncomfortable like having yeah yeah this, I, this I, father character walking on his daughter right yeah um so i i feel like they should just cut it like the only thing you really get from that scene is it shows yeah i mean they could uh, just the the, yeah. the fact that she's she bathes with the geese which was kind of cute but like well, they, yeah. they didn't need to have any more than just that well you get that and that's also like the um the scene that allows her to connect with susan right um, yeah but they could have they could have written it differently so exactly so i i think if if that's really what they wanted to show like that like how close she was with the geese and that this is how she connected with susan uh-huh. like they could have done that in a much better way without right. the just kind of the grossness of right at all right uh i'm speaking of susan she she kind of like she kind of disappears for a, a, a big portion of the movie, like because like she has this like argument with uh, Tom over like, you know, Amy's not going to be flying this aircraft. This is totally irresponsible. Uh, but like at, at, like the few scenes that she was in, it's like it's like wow, this is you know she's the voice of Lois Lane in the uh, the Superman animated series. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like Lois Lane is in this movie. This is so <laughs> f- bizarre. And I, I liked it when she like was that voice of reason. Like I mm-hmm. think that was an important character show. But yeah, other than that, the movie doesn't seem to know what to do with her because after that, she comes back to uh, support uh, Amy Thomas and their team. But like, there's never a scene that shows them uh, having any reconciliation. There's like you see her watching right yeah there was it does felt like there was a missing scene that like maybe on the cutting room floor like this like this movie is already you know hour 45 minutes we need to you know cut this two minute scene or something but they they probably should have kept it in if there was a scene yeah which is a shame because i i feel like they i like their dynamic i I wish there was more in it yeah no i i agree i i think she uh for what she's in i think she thinks she's a strength of the movie um i think unfortunately she gets lost in the rest of the team they built of okay these are the other people they need to help um with the geese because this person knows about um you know uh flying you know light aircraft and this person knows about geese and so like we have to have these people going through the logistics of how we're going to help these geese migrate so that we then lose time with susan who is really the the voice of reason and the the person who's really looking out for amy the most and has her best interest in mind um whereas the others just kind of like these 
these these guys that just get so wrapped up in this like wild journey of like whoa what are in these this? wild geese <laughs> yeah exactly uh-huh. um so it, yeah, because the uh, like she's like the other like supporting characters really are forgettable. Oh yeah, like I barely remember them. Uh, it's like some of them, I'm like I don't even know if they said their names more than once. Um, oh, they said Amy's name a thousand times. It's like I, I know her name. I don't. I don't remember what <laughs> these other guys' name is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they. I I wish they'd done more with Susan because mm, I yeah. I think Dan Delaney doesn't do a a good job in this and yeah. I don't know uh, solely as a fan of hers from her time on Superman the animated series. Right. I would have liked to see more from her. Right. Um, so yeah, other than that, um, not a lot of, not a lot to mention in, in terms of the, the actors. Um, but I, I will say uh, going back to like the geese, like I, I think they did a good job getting the geese to do what they wanted them to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, definitely they would have had, I don't know, an animal psychologist or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, behaviorist is probably more, you know, accurate term. You know, they have to have a good understanding of how they think to mm-hmm. to get the movie to work. And I could just imagine, like, like I guess this, this guy, uh, the, the director, having worked on the... But I'm mean, like comparing horses to geese, like that's... Horses are really smart. So on geese and I don't think are really that smart. So like it was just have required a lot of patience. I imagined. Yeah. And I bet it probably took a lot of takes to get the shots they wanted, but it, it looks really good. I mean like the, the, the first scene where um, the geese hatch from their eggs, um, you know, I think that's shot in a way that's very, um, like exciting and you can feel Amy's sense of uh, wonder as like these eggs that she's like gone out of her way to protect like suddenly are you know developing personalities and interacting with her uh-huh. and like you see how much she cares about them and because of that you start feeling for them and like I mean it's not like the geese have to do much acting they are you know being little rambunctious uh, right. goslings, right. you know, making a mess everywhere, right. writing um, on things. There was, do you remember one time we went to like a neighbor's house? I don't, they had like either like duck chicks or chicken chicks <laughs> or <laughs> something that like they, they hatchlings, I guess. Do you, do you, do you remember that at all? I, I do uh, somewhat. So like it sort of reminded me of that. I don't, I, I don't remember the circumstances of what that was, but no yeah but there there is a sense of you know wonder of like wow like this is such a a cool thing to see if if you know you're not uh-huh. familiar with right. um you know that this this process uh-huh. um and from there i mean they're just so stinking cute i i, I feel like as <laughs> as the goslings like them running around and chasing Amy through the fields um, after they've, um, you know, come to view her as their mother. It's just so cute. Like it's, it's adorable. Yeah. 
and like they're so fluffy. I just, you know, <laughs> I I've never really wanted. I'm not like big into to birds as pets. Um, but there was a brief moment. I was like, yes, I want. To just, <laughs> um, it's just when they I just grow to, up and they start biting you. That's what yeah, <laughs> I don't want that. Just like no, I just I want like a, a an army of of goslings to chase after me. Right. Uh, and just you know, that that looks so fun. Yeah. Um, and they and they do uh, grow up in the movie. And there's a I think also a, a sense of um, anticipation for that because you you know that there's this uh, this battle against time of like okay they need to learn how to migrate but without mm-hmm. their mother they won't be able to do that so yeah. um, Amy and and Thomas and their team are gonna have to figure out how to do that mm-hmm. um, while also like contending with this strangely villainous character oh, okay, um, so he's supposed to be a police officer or like animal control or do you know so i think that character um is animal control uh-huh. um or or works for like the um the county or whatever they have in Canada. yeah yeah or like the 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 parks uh yeah. services uh, like Parks and Recreation. Um, it, it's it's weird because they introduce this guy. Oh, yeah. He at, seems super nice at first. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to just take this like nail clipper and like clip this, you know, wing off this bird. And I was like, whoa, this is not OK. Yeah, it's I, such I, a, that was a very tense scene. It was it was it was so I that's one of the parts of me that I just don't understand. And maybe it was meant to be shocking uh, because when you when they introduce him, he's supposed to be really nice. He's supporting Thomas's push to stop the deforestation in the area. Yeah. Um, and then he, Thomas goes to him for advice on the geese and, you know, he's at their home. He's giving them a very, uh, you know, straightforward, calm, polite explanation of how to take care of the geese. And then all of a sudden he breaks out these pair of nail clippers. And the first thing I thought is, is he going to start uh, clipping his nails in front of him? That's gross. Like, why would he do that? That's, that's <laughs> a weird thing to do. Um, yeah, just, just getting into like the whole hygiene of it. Like, you know, that's yeah. not really something you should be doing at someone's dinner table when you're right. a guest at their house. Yeah. Um, but no, then he's like, no, I'm going to go like clip the, the wings of the goslings. Like, it's, it's such a sharp uh, turn. And I don't think the movie does anything to, uh, to show that turn. Right. Um, yeah. Like after no, like, that, he is like anything. full villain. Oh yeah. After that, he's just despicable. Like he, he is shown, uh, camping out with binoculars, watching them and watching the progress of the geese. This like, <laughs> sort like, of like the goofiest, like thing for like a villain to do is like, yeah, you and your geese, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Or, like <laughs> coming up and like basically like having this really, threatening conversation with amy it's like yeah where, where's your dad like hey it's like it's really creepy actually um it's like what is going on like it it's such a weird heel turn of sorts yeah um but it it does provide a sense of urgency because then it's like uh-huh. okay well as soon as these geese learn to fly this guy's promised to come and take them uh-huh. uh, which he does so uh-huh. it's like it it adds a a level of um you know uh intensity 
and stakes to it that uh-huh. I think otherwise wouldn't necessarily be found in the movie. Because, I mean, I guess if the geese... I mean, the, the biggest stakes is just, like, if they don't learn to, to migrate south, you know, what are they going to do? Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, he was a weird character. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another villain they, they also introduced later, like, the, the guy who's developing the land um, that they want to take the geese to. And I think that was, I don't know, what did you think of that, that next kind of villainous character? Uh, I, I just, it, it felt very 90s, sort of like, like environmental, like, I don't know, you know, there was something about it that just felt like very, like old fashioned, like. Uh, very 90s like the the guy who's digging on your land I don't know if it's like a fern gully kind of thing if you remember that cartoon mm. uh, but but sort of like yeah like that character definitely like the like the bulldozer people and and that like they felt more like the the rest of this movie kind of felt like it like for the most part felt very like realistic but then you get kind of to like the villains and they feel kind of like very like stock character ish yeah yeah once you get to the villains they are very cartoonish um and i it, it does fit with the um that environmental message that is you know really there throughout the movie of okay you need to um, protect the land and you need to make sure that the um, the geese and the other animals are taken care of um, but then yeah just this this really cartoonish businessman who's like but, I'm gonna tear up this land and you can't stop me you're gonna, you're gonna yeah you're gonna tear up this land you know there's gonna be this army of people in front of this bulldozer just like seems like so like typical Hollywood like this is how not that like that stuff doesn't ever happen, but just like that is very much like Hollywood's idea of like environmentalism is like, like a group of people standing in front of a bulldozer. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, I I appreciate the environmental message, but I feel like it just it's not done well. Um, I don't that... think it detracts from the movie too much, but like, yeah, it is sort of like this is goofy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's simply not the the only goofy thing about the movie. Like, one of the probably the goofiest thing about this movie is when they get the geese to fly. So Amy and and Thomas have, uh, with their team, built these light aircraft to fly with the geese, so they can lead them to this uh, kind of bird sanctuary in North Carolina. And they are flying and. For their first stop, because they run out of fuel, they have to stop at the Niagara Falls Air Reserve Station. And, like, there's this whole, like, sudden military presence here. And, like, the the geese and, and Thomas and Amy are being tracked um, on, on radar. And it looks like they may get shot down by right. the the military it's like what is going on here uh, like, yeah I, that was like whoa i don't remember this in the movie at all it's like i feel like what am i i feel like i'm watching top gun all of a sudden tom cruise is gonna shoot them down <laughs> that's I was like i did not i, I did too yeah i didn't ex- you know i just like we got to scramble out the fighters and it's just like i the, the idea that i actually see 
like a couple of jet fighters in this movie was not something I was expecting. <laughs> right. It's like we got UFOs, we got to go to like and it it's so that like that's another tense moment, but it's it's goofy tense cuz like you you know there's no way that like I was like yeah, this movie could down. go for PG the R real quickly if they shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's more of a question like what how much trouble are they going to get into like when they land and and it's it's played very cute um and funny to see the um the military members like be stern but then also like very happy to see them and then that turns into this big uh level of notoriety as everyone uh-huh. starts following them on the news so I, I do wonder like because part of this story is based on real life but it is very heavily like uh heavily you know changed uh like there was a guy like thomas was a real guy actually i was thinking it was a couple of his sons and they might have been older who did it there you know uh the whole thing with like amy like that's all fiction um but like i would just have to imagine like if that happened in real life where you flew over an air base with a bunch of geese with those light aircraft and you're crossing over from one country to the next. Like, what would they actually do? Part of me feels like actually they might actually let them go. But part of me other would be like, no, he's like rules are rules. You can't you do this. So I don't know. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. No, it it the movie is uh, partially based and dramatized off the experience of Bill Lishman or Leishman, yeah. Yeah. Um, as well as Doctor William Jail uh, Sladen, um, but. Yeah, it it is very, uh, you know, it is definitely dramatized and uh, played up. But it, it, it also, as just kind of a time capsule, makes you realize that uh, there's no way something like this would happen, um, you know, 25 years later. Like, just after, uh, you know... 2001 like there's oh, no yeah, way that's they, a, that's they would let point. there's no way they would let um these light aircraft just cross the u.s canadian border that's a good point. um and just like with a t- like a slap on the wrist like right. like yeah. no way no way um like that or just like how lenient they are like uh-huh. it's 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 so it's it's uh-huh. and then have recorded or, 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 or even the, like the idea that like um if we're going a little bit into like the cinematography and like the uh effects like the idea that like people are like they see like amy and 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 thomas like flying in like the city and like there's like this sense of like uh like oh wow that's so cool like i feel like people would panic now yeah like you you see them because of uh, a patch of fog gets stuck flying through Baltimore and they're literally going between skyscrapers and the people in the skyscrapers are amazed and enchanted by it yeah. when, yeah, I, not too long after that would be a terrifying thing to see happening. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does sort of remind me like, um, like in terms of like old timey, like uh when the guy when we we saw that movie the walk where the guy put his his high wire between the world trade center and like mm-hmm. they just gave him a slap on a wrist for that like it is sort of like 
and that really happens so like it is right. sort of like just of a different era right and and i'm i'm glad you brought that up cuz that was another movie that i thought of when i watched this cuz it has a similar sense of there's this person or these people off to complete this this mission and you know it's something that they're repeatedly told like they shouldn't do or can't do and as they do it they keep running into barriers and things that try to prevent them from accomplishing their goal um and so it's very formulaic in that sense of like even like once they get into the air like between the military and like hunters and the fog and running out of gas and like, like there's all these like things that like keep coming up right yeah it was like watching james and the giant peach (laughs) <laughs> kind of. like they, they really could have just like cut the movie as soon as they got the geese to fly with them and just said okay they've learned to fly they're traveling just oh that's just that's true but i feel it. like that wouldn't have been as interesting and that wouldn't have showcased like so like one of the things that this movie really was praised for was the cinematography which it was nominated for an oscar for and the effects so mm-hmm. um i know that we when we watched it, uh, we rented it. It was only in standard definition, so I can only, you know, judge the effects based on that. But like, I think visually, it is a very, very good looking movie um, with mm-hmm. all the aerial stuff. Um, I mean, I definitely, I think some parts, I'm like, okay, I think the geese are fake there. But even then, I'm like, I can't tell a lot of the yeah. times whether or not the geese are superimposed or are digital in some shots. Mm. Um, Like I said, that was something that like the critics were like really loved about this movie. Yeah. And I mean, I think well-deserved. I I think it was very impressive technically. Like I think there are some moments where you can see, I mean, definitely um, whenever they're in like a, like, a close-up in them you can definitely see like there's like a rear projection or like a green screen behind them yeah but yeah but overall it's really impressive and they right uh they had like uh the the shot which i think they used on the poster where they're like they're flying past the sunset it was really it was really you know uh uh you know beautiful you know striking image yeah and sort yeah. of reminds me of E.T. a little bit, but that was with the, the moon. <laughs> kind of. No, it no, it, it is filmed very beautifully. Any of the, the scenes with the flying are done uh, remarkably well. Knowing and that was an aspect that I yeah. didn't remember at all from the movie. It was like, I, I, like I said, I thought this movie was like, they yell at the geese and then they're like, they eventually leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is a, you got to teach the geese how to fly. You got to show I, them I where will, to go. I will, I will. So was Thomas a responsible father letting Amy fly? Cause I was very much on back and forth that like, like this is completely irresponsible. Like, but then I was like, well, how old does she have to be for it to be responsible? Does she have to be 18 to be, you know, to drive, you know, people, some start driving in some places as early as 15 but i mean they're not flying in between skyscrapers like what do you think like or do you is that part of the movie just like it's a movie you, you can't think about it too much uh i'm 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 torn about it because i feel like it 
part of the emotional payoff of this movie is I mean, it's not like she was flying a jumbo jet or anything like that. She's just flying, but still, like, it is very dangerous. Right. But, like, one thing, like, the emotional payoff is seeing her flying the geese in by herself once her her dad's um, plane crashes. Uh And, like, this parallelism of the beginning when she's in this car crash with with her mom and she's powerless and she can't do anything to, like, now she is, you know suddenly the the inspiration for so many people and Uh she is you know literally like flying above above them and it's like it it has that emotional impact but it is also like this could end very poorly um i don't think it's the most responsible thing i i kept wondering like why couldn't they just build some craft where uh thomas and amy were riding together because oh the yeah, he's the whole reason. I mean, that if, I mean, granted, they, were so they would only follow her. That's a good point, huh? Yeah. So if if they would only follow her, and if Jeff Daniels' character was the one who could fly, I mean, just, if they gave an explanation of like we we can't, it, we, it's just not possible. But like that never comes into the conversation. Yeah, I mean, they they could have written that off as like, oh, it would be too heavy. Like, <laughs> yeah, or, exactly. But they they don't really do that. So. Maybe but, there's another missing scene. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. No, but despite that, um, no. Very I mean, I, I did like the, well like, found. you know, they sort of tied in, like, you know, he tells her that, like, you know, she's strong like her mother. She's, you know, she can do this and stuff like that. I like that. Yeah, that that was nice. Um, although I will also say that um, at the beginning when – uh, Jeff Daniels character is trying just to fly on his own just like for fun and he repeatedly crashes I kept thinking okay so she just lost her mom and now you're going to get yourself killed and make her an orphan good I job was, dad no, he's, he's got this oh, I, I not look very safe um, but no it's it, that there are things to enjoy about this movie but there are also some more outlandish things to it uh-huh. um, so I mean as we've kind of talked about kind of getting near the end. Um, you know, they, they do make it the geese. They do get to the end of their journey with the geese. Um, and it's you know, uplifting and heartwarming to see Amy go from this, um, lonely character who just lost her mother to having this, this family, not just her dad, but also, um, Susan and the team and the geese and being, well regarded by uh-huh. you know all these people across the country like that's it's very heartwarming and uplifting right right also we're talking about the geese um we did you know also uh there was uh igor the 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 one with the the right the the, the wing that didn't quite work well which was was cute yeah although terrifying when igor first learned to fly and flew into amy's plane oh yeah i was like oh dude they just killed that goose yeah, I thought for sure that they like went there. It's like that seems dark. This movie's now going uh-huh. to darker place than I expected. Right. After that, well, I mean, it started with a dark beginning, yeah. so I shouldn't be yeah. too surprised. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's cute having Igor strapped into the plane with Amy. Yeah. Um, although I imagine that Goose was not happy about it. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I guess the the one question I have about the ending for for you, Aaron, is. Um, they, so they end it really with um, them 
getting the geese there. Uh-huh. And then during the credits in the background, you you see the the geese returning um, back to Amy and Thomas's uh, house um, after their migration is over. Yeah. Um, do you feel like the movie should have like spent more time with that return or should, should the movie have shown like the, the family having to um, say goodbye to the geese when they needed to return up North to Canada and the geese need to stay down in North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I felt like showing like the actual showing during the credits because like they even said like they return the next you know year or whatever was very unnecessary to actually see it it just seemed like we're gonna put this during the credits it'll be cute um yeah it would have been maybe a couple extra minutes of like baby like uh saying goodbye to the geese would have been maybe something they could have done that for some reason they just didn't um but i don't think it hurts the movie it's just like with this kind of story whenever you have like especially like a bond between an animal and a character like there usually is that kind of goodbye right yeah no like in in the horse girl uh, <laughs> genre like there there is definitely that that repeated moments of you know I, I can't keep you anymore like you're you're a wild animal I need to let you go or something and I feel like even though that's done that ends up being typically not maybe a little manipulative, but like a very emotional moment. I guess like they just didn't have any illusions about the, like, that was the whole point. They were very much prepared to let the geese go. I see. I, I see that. I think they should have shown it though. They should Um, have a little goose tear going across the. the (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The geese should have started to cry. No, I think they should have shown it because I think the movie goes there with the music because when, when Amy is flying with the geese on her by herself and getting them to land, it plays the same music um, from the beginning, that, from the beginning that played during the car crash with her mom, um, which yeah. is, um, was it 10, 10,000 miles. So was it like Shepard saying Parker. goodbye to the geese is like saying goodbye to her mom? Kind of. I mean, Jeff Daniels character says that like, your mom is with you. Like she's in the, she's in the geese. She's in the sky. She's all around right, you. Right. So like, yeah, I think there was that sense of like, this is a goodbye. Just like you had yeah. to part with your mom. So like, I would have made that goodbye more explicit. And then, but then like at the same time, like we just said, the geese came back. So, right. And, and that's, that's then the, the emotional payoff. Then, like you have that, that, emotional catharsis of I need to let you go. Like I, I can't hold on to you anymore. Um, but then this sense of like, but you're still with me and always will be with me because you come back to me just uh-huh. like her mom is still with her, even though she's gone. Right. So I feel like, well, that's nice. That's a nice I sentiment. Like, I think they needed that. I, yeah. I think they went there with the music. They just didn't go there with the, well, they should have just, I think there's a deleted scene somewhere. Well, they, you they, know, they didn't you know, they can, you know, 25 years, later 25th anniversary edition they can uh add that <laughs> yeah 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 we'll we'll see uh, i'm not gonna hold my breath but um but other than that um you know i, I like the ending um so 
Uh, Aaron, before we kind of wrap this up, uh, any other thoughts on the movie? Uh, no, I don't. Like I said, it's. I would say it's a good movie. I think I enjoy honestly talking about it more than watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, but in my opinion, not a great movie. And I think you probably would agree with that too. Oh yeah, it's 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 not gonna go on my list of like the top movies of 96 or anything um but i would say that um if someone watched this movie when it came out hasn't seen it since it's it's worth rewatching. um you know there's some enjoyable things about it um and it's even if it's just to get the time capsule feel of it all mm-hmm. um but i mean if you've never watched this movie should you watch it um it depends on how much you like um, geese or how much you like like the horse girl movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like flying, if you're really into you know uh, ultralight aircraft, I think you know that's something too. Uh, I think the biggest barrier to me recommending it is that it's not the easiest movie to get a hold on. It's not streaming anywhere um, for. Uh, like included price. Like yeah. we both had to like um, watch it on Vudu for a price. So, uh-huh. you know, it's not the easiest to access. So uh-huh. uh, would I recommend it? Once again, potentially depending on uh, someone's familiarity with this movie or just how they like uh, movies with similar elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So Aaron, do you think you're going to watch this one ever again? Uh, maybe in the next 25 years. <laughs> and okay. And then we can talk about it for his 50th anniversary. Right. Yeah. We've <laughs> noticed something new. Yeah. <laughs> well, after they've released the director's cut. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Aaron, I, I know we were both wondering how much we could get out of that, but I feel like we, we did, uh, there was more to talk about than I was expecting. So thank you for, Oh, you want to shut up about this? No, I can't. <laughs> you know what you're not the first person to say that i didn't shut up about something so i'll live with that um no but yeah closing um aaron do you have anything um coming up on the site or anything you've written recently for the site that you want to plug uh right Uh, i don't have anything coming up um i did write a retrospective uh on band of brothers uh which celebrated its 20th anniversary that's up on the site um uh yeah uh as far as uh if you want to just keep up with what i'm writing uh you can just follow me on twitter at aaron sarnecki i'm usually just talking about movies that i've watched uh i watched patriot games which was good um uh i i didn't uh i didn't uh tweet about it but i also watched snakes on a plane which is probably the best movie ever made uh and yeah uh so you can just follow me if you want to be up to date with what i'm writing or if you want to read how i think uh francis ford coppola ruined the godfather 3 with his re-edit of the movie so (laughs) okay gonna have to look at those tweets uh, a- after watching this movie, I assume that Snakes on a Plane is about Samuel L. Jackson teaching snakes how to migrate south for the winter. Well, he's, he's, he, yes, he's teaching them how to fly a 747. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful story. Love it. Um, no, and I highly encourage everyone to go and read your retrospective on Band of Brothers. I have not gone to it yet, but uh, I'm definitely excited to read it when I get the chance. Um, and yeah, for me, uh, people can find me on Twitter at Josh Cernecki. Um, and then in terms of podcasts, you can also find me on the Pot Break uh, TV feeds, uh, uh, TV Break podcast with editor-in-chief Bill and podcast editor Alex, where each month we talk about um, the ins and outs of television for that specific month. So um, we have a, a recent episode we recorded earlier this month that I encourage you to, to look at. Um, and also I have my couch potato column on uh, thepopbreak.com where I talk about the uh, search for the new Jeopardy host um, and also just the total debacle that was the uh, original announcement of who was going to be the host. Um, so if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, please go read it. Um, once again, make sure to also look at Aaron's Band of Brothers retrospective. Um, and yeah, just lots of awesome things to read on the pop break. Um, a lot of awesome, uh, podcasts in the different podcast feeds we have going for the website. So I think that's about it. Uh, but Aaron, once again, thank you for your time. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And until next time, everyone, you know, we hope to hear you or see you again. Um, and remember, don't lay a goose egg that, that doesn't make sense. I quit. <laughs> <laughs>